While You Were Folding, Episode 54, A Mother's Rule of Life, Partner. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things and my real imperfect life. I've been a wife for 11 years and a mother for 10. I won't pretend to be an expert. I will talk about the ups and downs, ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Tonight we're doing something a little bit different. Philip and I came down to the studio and we're recording a video. Hello. Hello. We've got our like, this is from when we um, painted our walls like a year and a half ago. La- no, last spring. Oh yeah, we took our... Um, but right before Gloria was down, born. Right before Gloria was born and it's still down here in Catherine's mm-hmm. studio. So, and this GoPro is sitting on top of a Kleenex box and it's a little perfectly perfect. Okay. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Loving Father, thank you for this opportunity to come down here with Philip and talk about the third P in a mother's rule of life, which is partner. So tonight we're talking about marriage. I ask you to bless this conversation and bless all of those who are called to the vocation of marriage. Lift up each of us. Help us to be humble and repent and ask for forgiveness in all the ways where we're falling short and to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit to be even better wives and mothers and husbands and fathers and to bring stronger unity because the devil wants nothing more than to tear apart families right now. So... Yes, we just ask that you bless this conversation and give Philip and I some wisdom tonight as we share about our experience with marriage and that you continue to pour out your blessings on our marriage as well. We ask these things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so before we jump into our conversation, I'm just going to share a little update. So I wrote down a couple talking points. Last week... We had a lot of illness. Oh, yeah. We came back from our trip, and like usual when we come back from our trip, uh, everyone got sick. Everyone yeah. was sick. Yeah. You heard last week on the podcast, I had picked up a little bit of a cold, but when we got back, did everyone but Dorothy mm-hmm. throw threw up? up? Everybody yep. threw up. Well, you and I didn't, but we were- We were close. Close, but everybody else threw up. A couple people threw up while we were gone, <clears throat> and then- um, yeah, the last throw up was a while ago now, though. Yeah, so we're on the mend. Yeah. But that's typical. We call it re entry when we come back from trips. There's <laughs> always some re acclimation that has to take place. Yes. But we are hopefully over illness. We, knock on wood, have avoided influenza this year mm-hmm. and hope to continue to do so. Um, also, we have had some amazing weather this past week we had what did it get up to today 51 51 or something like that yeah so we were able to go on a nice long walk today around a nearby lake Mm -hmm. and the kids had a great time they like didn't whine at all which was crazy (laughs) because usually they whine about everything in life 
And they, they weren't whining. They, they were. They they're were, developmentally appropriate. Yeah, but it was. I mean, it was cold too because it was only yeah. in the '40s, and we're walking around a frozen body of water. So it was chilly, but there wasn't any <laughs> whining, and everyone did a nice job, and we had fun. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure that we would make it. Um, they did but, a great job because it's what two point three miles. Yeah, it's something like that all the way around. So. Yeah, good. Jane got a uh, what's it called Fitbit Junior. Yeah. For her birthday, and she. Definitely met her goal for steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had like 7,000 steps or something. Yeah. So it was nice. And we have finalized our house design plans. And we're starting to make some selections on some things. Mm-hmm. So first up next week is going to be plumbing. We're going to start to figure out all of the plumbing things for the entire house. So if you know anything about plumbing or have some advice for us about we don't know anything (laughs) we know nothing copper no all i know is (laughs) (laughs) excuse me copper pipes or something all i know is that chrome is beautiful but i do not want water spots with all of the kids so probably uh what's it called satin finish the nickel i guess we'll find out yeah stay tuned (laughs) Um, and let's see what else. Oh, we thought it would be great in preparation for our move to come up with a master document oh, yes. on Google Drive with all of the things that need to be done around this current house, all the things that need to be repaired or cleaned out or purged, and then um, figuring out the things that will need to be done on the other end for the right. new house but that's so we been good last night for a bit and we set a timer and we worked for 30 minutes and then we watched what was that show the morning show with steve carell and jennifer aniston can you speak up a little bit louder yeah we <laughs> we worked on that for 30 minutes we were just last talking night. really quietly and then we watched the jennifer aniston steve carell new show on apple tv and it's tv mature because it has language language but Catherine what? always picks up kind of a potty language after we watch shows like that. No, I do not. I just yeah. get feisty. She says, like, shut up a lot more. At no, least. I not do like not. bad words, but. <laughs> Philip is really being feisty tonight. Apparently. For our podcast episode about marriage. Yeah. Um, we've watched one episode. I, I don't know that, or two episodes. So I don't yeah. know that I can recommend it yet or not. We'll see. But it's good writing, good acting. It's hard to see Steve Carell being a villain. He's a bad guy and not like Gru. Yeah. So Just I like don't... a regular crappy dude. So yeah. we'll have to see how that pans out. It's basically Steve Carell. Don't spoil it. They don't know. Okay. Don't spoil it. It's about the morning show. They're, they're national TV morning show hosts. Period. That's, that's all you're going to hear about that. <laughs> okay. Um, what else do we know? That's all I got for an update around here. So I got some great feedback from last week's episode. That was episode 53, an update and three favorite things. First, I wanted to share an email that I got from Erica. Thank you, Erica, for writing me and sharing some of your favorite things. She says, hi, Catherine. We went on a much needed family vacation this weekend, and I got to take a bath while drinking hot cocoa and listening to your podcast. Perfect. You asked about our favorite things, and I thought I have lots of favorites lately. Meal planning, Fresh 20, 
So Erica, I don't know if that's an app or a website. I haven't heard of that one before, so I'll have to check that out. Um, exercise, high fitness. I don't know what that is either. Is that an app or? Okay. Um, and contemplation of beautiful things with children. Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. Uh, for those who don't know what Catechesis of the Good Shepherd is, from friends that I've known that have done it and the little bit that I know about it, it's kind of like a Montessori-based preschool in the context of faith formation and teaching children about the faith. So they call the room that you meet in an atrium, and it's a chance for little ones to have different manipulatives, toys, learning about God as the good shepherd, and a chance for them to encounter God on their own terms as young children, and really respecting them as the young, awesome people that they are. So Erica, I love that you're doing that there. We're we're getting Catechesis of the Good Shepherd underground here in Lincoln as well, and it's starting to underground. Have... What does that mean? What did What did I say? You said Catechesis of the Good Shepherd underground. Underway. Oh, okay. I thought that was like a special version. <laughs> no, it's it's not <laughs> top like secret. Not or... three times to get in. No, underway. Do the manipulatives. Anyway, we're getting it underway. <laughs> um, and then she also said she has. My favorite in music outshines all lately. So Erica has a husband who is super musically talented, and she wanted to share about his latest project. She says, Nick just released an album this week that contains original songs he wrote for each of the Stations of the Cross. As new Catholics, the Stations were a somewhat new devotional practice to us, and Nick was eager to learn more about them. As he did, these songs were born naturally from that contemplation and study. They were recorded with several Lincoln musicians and singers and produced in Lincoln, too. Mm. Since you mentioned how you love Apple Music on the podcast, here's your link straight to his album. And I'll include that in the show notes. If you like the album, here's his link to his website where he talks more about the project. So for all of you who want to learn more, the website is Nicholas Andrew Barber. Dot com And I'll include that in the show notes as well. Erica. Uh, Erica, thank you so much for reaching out and sharing your favorite things. Um, I love that you were listening to the podcast during your bubble bath. That is high praise. That's so, when I do it. <laughs> that's yeah. when you listen during your bubble baths. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and I love that you shared about Nick's work here. This album is amazing and it's perfect timing. Well, I need that tilted a little bit more. Just not quite as much. Okay, here, what if I sit up? Yeah, just sit up. (laughs) Excuse me. I love that you shared this just just in time for Lent. So for those who maybe aren't as familiar with the Stations of the Cross, it's a beautiful Lenten meditation. It's a chance to reflect on Jesus's passion on his way to his crucifixion, his, I cannot, crucifixion, Crucifixion. (laughs) I cannot speak English tonight. You give me the giggles when we come down here together, but I think it's beautiful that he decided to do this album talking with the original songs with the stations of the cross. That's cool. That's really cool. And that there's so many local contributions. They don't live in Lincoln. Yes, because you guys are out in the Pacific Northwest now. So that is so fantastic. So thank you for sharing that. I'm going to include that in the show notes. And I hope a lot of the listeners will check that out. 
Also, I got a beautiful email from another listener. I shared last week about how a friend had reached out to me asking how she could be a good support since I got my diagnosis with Sjogren's syndrome. And I talked about invisible crosses and how sometimes it's hard to have crosses that maybe people don't know about. And I got this beautiful email from a listener and I don't want to identify her because I didn't get her permission to share her name, but I wanted to share her words here. So I'll do my best to eliminate her identifying details. She says, Dear Catherine, a close friend of mine just sent me a link to today's podcast where you talked about your Sjogren syndrome diagnosis. She has been a fellow homeschooling mom with me for over 20 years and has traveled my journey through struggling for answers to diagnosis to management to complications, etc. with Sjogren syndrome as well. For me, this invisible cross has also helped me see that I am truly not in control. God's plan for my life is very different from what I thought I would be doing, and it's so much more fulfilling. I also struggle with miscarriages, something my rheumatologist said often happens with autoimmune diseases. And my favorite snacks are pistachios and dark chocolate, although I prefer Chalk Zero sweetened with monk fruit for keto diets. There we go. Keto. There you go. All over it. I'll order some on Amazon right now. Okay. I felt like I was listening to myself while you were speaking, but I've been married for 34 years and only have three living children, three souls in heaven watching over us. Over the years, though, I have taught math for the past 20 years to homeschoolers at a, t- at a tutorial and have over 150 students that are all, quote unquote, my kids, mm-hmm. something I could not have done if I had had the six plus kids I wanted. While I do not enjoy the suffering and slow days, the painful joints, dry eyes or mouth, or the last minute schedule cancellations because I can't manage it, the gifts I have received in kindness from others and the compassion of my students have allowed me to see people at their best. This year, I have one student who watches to make sure he is at my car to carry my bags into school each morning because it's been a really bad joint pain year. Isn't that awesome? That's sweet. Thank you for talking about it on your podcast and what friends can do to help. It really was wild to listen to you speak, quote unquote, my thoughts. Hmm. Peace. And then she signed her name, Fellow Sjogren's Traveler. Cool. How cool is that? That's really neat. So, listener, thank you for taking the time to share about your experience with an invisible cross. And I love especially that you talked about ways that other people have blessed you because of this cross that God has allowed to enter into your life. I think that when we have something going on in our lives, it's an opportunity for us to realize this is a chance for me to encounter others, Mm -hmm. that it's a chance for us to let others in. And I think until our first miscarriage, I thought, I was totally self-sufficient and Mm -hmm. I don't need anyone. And it was my first glimpse of, wow, other people are amazing and can bless us so much. Right. And sharing that helps to, helps other people too, not just to get the support that you need, but it helps them to feel not alone too. Mm -hmm. And sharing that like you did and got that email. So Yeah. And people love us. They want to reach out and help us. And this young person that's carrying your bags into school each (laughs) morning. How cool is that? Just the opportunities that without the crosses in our lives, you don't have the opportunities for service. And well, you have them, but 
it makes them all the more powerful. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing your email today. Very cool. Okay. Today's topic, we are talking about the third P in a mother's rule of life. Mm -hmm. That's Holly Pierlow's book. If you haven't been following the series, I have two previous episodes where I talked about the first two P's of a mother's rule of life. So those were prayer and person. person. So if you haven't listened to those, stop what you're doing, draw a bubble bath, get your hot chocolate and listen to and those pistachios. And pistachios and then listen to those before. Yes. Okay, so this part of the book was probably, I think, the the weakest of the five Ps. Um, and I think there are a lot of other better books on marriage out there. But I think the most helpful kind of book that you can get on marriage, because everyone's marriage is so unique, is mm -hmm. to a book that talks about communication. Mm -hmm. Because communication is huge. Everything. And unless... Each individual in the marriage has worked through whatever areas of healing they need to work on, then communication can only get you so far. So first right. start with whatever areas of healing need to be healed. Okay. And then I would say communication is next. Yeah. And something you can always up your game at communication too. Yeah. So a couple of quick thoughts from this section of the book. I would say that if you don't have healthy communication, that's huge. She talks about attitude shifts and repentance and forgiveness. If you can't admit that you screwed up and ask for forgiveness, then you're going to struggle right. big time. I think marriage, like this is the first relationship I've really had where I was forced to, on a regular basis, repent, mm. ask for forgiveness, offer forgiveness. Because in friendship, it's so easy just to let things right go very different but when you're living with someone day after day and the sandpaper edges keep rubbing off against each other you're a very fine grain sign sandpaper those are the roughest though aren't they the fine no, the finest of the finest the roughest of the roughest okay well <laughs> anyway um but when you're in that situation right then you have so many, many more, opportunities. more opportunities right um so marriage has been, was it Pope John Paul II that called marriage the school of love? Yes, definitely. We'll, we'll have to look that up, but I'm pretty sure. But that's totally how I've learned right. all about repentance, forgiveness, and a willingness to offer forgiveness mm -hmm. instead of just holding on to whatever I'm upset about. Right. Because... I'm with you all day, every day. and right. so, Well, not all day, every day. But I'm going to see you on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I can't hold on to things. Forever. And I think when you were in med school and residency, it forced us to learn how to work through things faster. Yeah. Not to hold on to things or let things build up just because of the limited time and energy and all those things. Yeah. So that, that ended up... It was a cross at the time, mm -hmm. but it ended up being a blessing in forcing our communication skills to improve definitely improve um she talks about sexual unity we'll talk about that more in our conversation didn't really love her thoughts on that part of it um and then she also talks about working out your essentials her big three things were finding regular times to connect on a daily basis and find time for dates right and then Good second stuff. 
Second thing, how can I help my husband more? How can I make his life easier? When can thing these when can I make these things happen? So vice versa for guys who are listening. And then are there any areas where I am shirking responsibility? Are there areas where I am being too controlling? So those are all good questions yeah. to be thinking about. Um, I thought those were the main things that I got from that section of the book. But we thought we would just come down here. We sat down for a couple minutes before we came down to record just to talk through what we thought we've learned in the last 12 years, almost 12 years almost of marriage. So communication was really the biggest. Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing that we came away with that would be helpful for other people to hear is about how we've made communication work for us because we're busy and have a lot going on a lot of the time and when we don't communicate well, then we see the fruits of that in the way that we interact with each other and our kids and our taking care of our home and health and all those things. And if your marriage, if that relationship is not in a good place, it affects all of your relationships. So yeah, for sure. when you go off to work and you're talking with your nurse, you're talking mm-hmm. with the other physicians, you're meeting with your patients and their parents. Right. Your head is in a different place if we are having a bad day or if we're arguing about something. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It impacts everything. Yeah. Um, And same for me. When I'm home with the kids, if Philip Mm -hmm. and I have been struggling with something, it's easier for me to be less patient and understanding with them. Mm -hmm. And so you you have to work through the stuff quickly. Yeah. And when I say you have to work through the things quickly, it's not just to get through the thing. It's because nothing is worth that kind of division. Right. That your unity, even if you're imperfectly working through the thing, Mm -hmm. that being together is more important than being done with the argument. Does that... It's getting to the other side of the argument, even if... Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Getting, I think so. getting to a place of where you both feel forgiven and understood mm-hmm. and you know that there's still hurt feelings maybe on one or the other person's side. But, or disagreement. Or disagreement. Mm-hmm. But a willingness to move past it for the greater good of your marriage. Right. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. Is being able to do that and to do that in a healthy way. Yeah. Or it's not always one person just giving in or shutting down, but both talking through, even if you don't reach the same or don't have the same opinion. Mm-hmm. Like she did. I read that this chapter that we're discussing, I did not read the whole book. Um, but she did talk about that of like, sometimes you do get to the point where you have talked it all through and you still disagree. Mm-hmm. And then how do you move forward from there? Cause you still have to move forward from there. And so she does talk about that. I, I thought that was good, kind of whoever's the expert or whoever affects more. I don't remember the exact things, but then deferring to that person. Yeah. Um, and this made us think about the fast food rule. We've talked mm-hmm. about that before on this podcast. Yeah. Could you summarize what the fast food rule is? Um, basically, like uh, you... <laughs> so like when you order fast food, you basically like... You know, the person says, what do you want? And you give them your order and then they 
parrot it back to you or explain back to you. Okay, you. So it sounds like you want. Well, they don't say it sounds like you want. They say <laughs> you want a cheeseburger and French fries and a diet coke or whatever. You sound really you, hungry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Show them that I understand that they have a, a food need and I'm here to pay that, accept payment, blah, blah, blah. Um, so you you um, get that information repeated back to you so that you know that they understand it runs as you want a cheeseburger and French fries and a diet coke. Um and what that does is it's kind of like a closed loop communication and the person that needs something or I guess in the, in the case of fast food, the person that needs something speaks first and airs their issue first, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's, and then they get affirmed or acknowledged in this is what they're saying. And then from there, you can move forward and move on from there. Yeah. Right? So when you <laughs> order fast food... You say what your order is, and a good fast food restaurant will repeat your order back to you to make sure they got it correct right. before you move forward. Right. So in marriage, same thing is true. So the person who's angry says what they're or upset, sad, frustrated about, mm-hmm. says what they're feeling, mm-hmm. and then the person on the receiving end says, okay, let me make sure I got your order right. And they repeat back what they heard to them right. to make that person feel understood. Yes. And then the person either confirms, yes, you got it, or no. And the way you know you got it is the person calms down. Mm-hmm. And the way you know you got it wrong is the person is still ramped up or right. sad or frustrated. So it's just like repeating back. Like I, I mean, I do the same thing when I'm seeing patients. Oh, so it sounds like you've had a fever for five days and cough for three days and like that sort of thing to make sure that we're on the same page and they feel heard and understood too. Yeah. We found this idea from Dr. Harvey Karp, the happiest toddler on the book, on the block. It's his book, the happiest toddler on the block. Yes. And turns out adults need the fast food rule just as much as toddlers. So this was revolutionary for us in Mm -hmm. our marriage. And it was a total light bulb moment, I think, for both of us to realize, oh, if we're having some sort of an argument or a problem in marriage, if I say, I'm sorry that you are angry, sad, frustrated about blah, 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 Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it's my fault for whatever the thing is. It's showing the other person that I understand their feelings. Mm -hmm. And if you can show the other person that you understand their feelings, 99.9% of the problem goes away yeah it's a good framework too yeah rather than just like being caught off guard and whoa 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 what are you talking about sort of like you know and then getting really into the weeds of the argument it's just a way to step back and say okay it sounds like this is what you're saying Mm -hmm. did i get that right yeah sort of you know it's just like like something that you can revert back to as a default if you're not if you don't know what if you're caught off guard or deep in the weeds of an argument, just like using that as a way to kind of have a fallback sort of way to prompt communication. Yeah. So fast food rule. It's awesome. I'll have to find whatever episode it was that we talked about that. But if you Google it, it's in the show notes of that episode. Um, And then our family meetings. Yeah. We have not done as good of a job Correct. at that lately. We got out of that practice probably around the time that Gloria was born. Yeah, just 
lost by the wayside by all the busyness of life. But when we do it, it definitely helps. And we kind of do mini versions of that quite frequently. And so that's one of the points on here is just like, like if nothing else, talking through our week schedule and doing that mm -hmm. with our kids too. So everybody knows what's going on and what the plan is for the week. So that is something that we do frequently. And even on a daily basis, just kind of quickly looking at our schedule to make sure we're synced up on this is going on, this is going on, this is going on, so that we all know what's going on and nobody's surprised when something comes up. Yeah, we still have the family meetings with the kids on mm -hmm. Sunday nights, but we have gotten away from our afterward, the two of us sitting down and going through our whole agenda. I would say that the benefit of having a weekly family meeting with just the two of you mm -hmm. is it allows both of you to keep short accounts. Mm -hmm. It helps you to know, okay, we're going to have this time, this dedicated time to talk on Sunday night. So right. that's going to be a good time for me to bring up this thing that I've been struggling with, or mm -hmm. I've been really upset about. Because as much as we really try to bring things up as soon as possible when we're upset about something, the busyness of life sometimes doesn't allow us right. to do that. So to know that you're going to have dedicated time to sit down and talk about something, right. that has been a great time for both of us to be able to say, you know, it really hurt my feelings when right. blah, 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 blah. Or I'm still feeling frustrated about that thing that happened on whatever day. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is a good point of that, that makes me feel like we should get back into just doing that on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. But I do think that that was really helpful when we were earlier in our communication journey of our marriage mm -hmm. to get good practice at that. And now yeah. we just do it more frequently on a regular basis too, I think. so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do a much better job of having it just be a regular fixture mm -hmm. throughout the week in our conversation. But if we had a dedicated time to make it more formal i think that that would be really worthwhile yeah we should get back into that and i'm going to highlight that in my notes because i know we have an old agenda that we can share as a template for people who are wanting to yeah. start their own family meetings we usually just do ours sunday with the kids as a whole family mm -hmm. and then the way we used to do it was then after dinner, we would let the dishes and we'd put the food away, let the dishes sit. And then the kids would go watch a show and we would continue on with our meeting by ourselves. Or we'd put the kids to bed. And then do it. And then have our meeting yeah. afterward. I'd like to get back into that. Me too. Okay, let's do it. Starting next Sunday. You already talked a little bit about this daily check-ins. Same sort of thing, just kind of on a smaller scale of, okay, I have this going on today. You have this going on today. The kids have this going on today. We're going to have this for dinner. Just the sort of kind of mechanics of the day so that everyone's mm -hmm. on the same page and there aren't surprises or yeah. things that we're missing. Sometimes there are surprises still, but not very often. Yes. Like. With five young children, there yeah. are always... Usually illnesses or injuries or things like that. Yeah. Um, and making sure digital calendars have been huge. That's mm -hmm. been a game changer for keeping our right. calendars synced and knowing what's going on. And, mm -hmm. oh, he's not able to answer the phone right now because he's in a meeting. Right. Or that kind of thing. Just using Google Calendar to mm -hmm. do all that. Um, the book, I said that we were going to touch on this a little bit. She talks about sexual unity in the book. I didn't really love that part of it. It seemed like there was 
possibly some trauma or something that was preventing her from approaching this topic in a way that I thought was nuanced or balanced. Mm. Um, but I think the biggest thing that we wanted to talk about, first of all, if, if you have trauma or something in your past that it's so important to make sure that you're getting counseling, healing to work through that because sexual unity is a big part mm-hmm. of marriage. And I think it's easy to act like, I think in some cultures, especially very religious ones, sometimes the topic of sexual unity is treated like it's dirty, that it's not a good and beautiful thing. Um, But it is imperative. It's essential that you and your husband are on the same page. Right. Talk through. Just communicate. Just like everything else. Communicating about it. Yeah. And it does, frankly, it doesn't matter what anyone else on the earth is doing in terms of their sex lives. And I have never understood why it's such a frequent topic of conversation to say, what's a healthy amount for couples to come together in the sexual act on a per month, per year, per, because it's something you and your husband figure out. And if Things are not working in this area of your marriage. If you're not comfortable talking with your spouse about this part of your marriage, then that's something that you really need to work through. Yeah. And um, maybe you both just need to write about it and then exchange it with each other. Maybe you're not feeling comfortable sharing about it face to face. Yeah, that's a good way. That's a good idea. Do you have any other thoughts on that? I think just in general, I like that idea actually of writing about it. If you don't feel comfortable just talking face to face or if that's too, um, I don't know, taboo or just makes you too uncomfortable to talk face to face about it, just to write notes or something like that. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, my other thought on, on this topic is there have been different times in our marriage where especially in the newborn phase, if I'm nursing, I feel totally touched out and I have no interest in physical intimacy, mm-hmm. that it is so helpful when you do a really good job of allowing me to get out of the mom zone sure, and give me time and space away right. from anyone being near me <laughs> so that... <laughs> The possibility of coming together as husband and wife seems like a much better situation than if I'm just going from the mom zone to the (laughs) ooh-la-la wife zone. Um, And just, I don't remember where I saw it this past week, but you hear all the time that sex begins in the kitchen, that... Oh, right. I did hear that somewhere this week, too, in a podcast or something. That it's all about acts of service, showing love, showing your wife that you care in all of Mm -hmm. those little ways, and that it really matters, and it adds up to her feeling like he gets it, he understands, Mm -hmm. and it goes both ways, too. Like, me showing you in different acts of service and love that I understand the hard pain points of your day. And it goes back to what she was saying how can I help my husband more? How can I make his life easier? And then same for you, for me. Right. That when you do those things, when you show the other person, I see you, mm-hmm. I want to help you, 
I'm here to be your helpmate. Right. That it that makes it it makes the lovey feelings mm-hmm. easier. Totally. Because it's easy to get into a place of well, I'm gonna do my thing. He's gonna do his thing. We'll meet up and tag team the evening with the kids, and then Netflix and chill. Not chill. <laughs> I don't think that's what you mean. <laughs> I don't, well, maybe I don't know what that means. You should look it up on Urban Dictionary. What okay, everyone. <laughs> you mean Netflix and fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a little different. Okay. Well, maybe I am not. Maybe we should talk about love languages. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's pivot to love languages. Yeah. So there's Do you five. remember all of them? Um, maybe there's, um, physical touch, uh, um, uh, quality time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, acts of service, gift giving, and don't tell me the last one is affirming language or something like words that. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. That's fine. Which is yours. I know. That's why I saved it for last. Yeah. So yeah, that's the five love languages. <laughs> Um, so I think the most important thing about the love languages is realizing that just because you're really good, like you might, let's say my love language is, uh, words of affirmation. Okay. If that's my love language. Okay. If I'm really great at giving words of affirmation, yeah, it won't mean as much to you if your love language is physical touch. True. Because your love language is how you feel. Right. How you receive love. Right. So if I'm speaking in the wrong love language, you're not going to feel as loved. So it might come naturally to me to use my love language. Right. But it won't be as meaningful to my husband. Right. So you have to kind of like look at what you figure out what yours is, figure out what theirs are, and then think about how to incorporate their love language into the way that you talk to them. Yeah. Or touch them or... Well, I meant language, like, like, like yeah. you know, language. Yes. Um, and then availability. This was a topic in the chapter. I did not like her approach to yeah. this. So her thought, I guess, I didn't really care for it either because it was basically like, her saying that she shouldn't go out with friends in the evening or schedule anything in the evening and just be available in case he wants to connect or whatever. Like, it was just like, I can't do anything because I need to be available in case he wants to chat or catch up or whatever. Is that, that was pretty much how I interpreted that. Yeah. Which doesn't seem, I mean, I don't think that's necessary, especially if you have good like we were talking about communication and keeping schedules and everything like that. Like we know in this week when you have book club and I work in the evening or have something going on so that we can connect at the other times when we're together rather than just feel like I can't schedule anything because I always have to be available just in case. Right. And I think there's something to be said for when you have those outside interests, those other friendships, so long as they're done in a good, healthy, right. balanced way where I'm not gone every night of the week. But right. if I have a once a month commitment here and you meet up with whoever on Thursday and 
then it turns into, oh, well, how's so-and-so? What's going on right. with them? What's new? And it gives you so many different things to talk about. And you have your spirits uplifted because right. you each have your own friendships. And mm-hmm. I think the value of friendship within marriage is huge because we each need to have those people that we can work through the right. stuff of life with someone mm-hmm. outside of marriage, not because you want to share all your deep, dark secrets about your marriage with those people, but you need to be able to just talk through mm-hmm. the stuff of life with someone other than your spouse. It's just healthy. Like if you said, well, I can't exercise. What if Catherine wants to chat? Well, it's true. I can be available 100% of the time to do that, but it's probably not going to be good for my health to not exercise. Like it's good to do things that improve your energy and your emotional, physical stability and whatnot and and having outside interests and things is a good way to do that. Yeah. And you don't have to feel like you always have to be available for the other person, especially if you're communicating about when you will be around to connect and be together versus times where you'll be apart. And sometimes you like to um, watch shows that I don't care to watch. And so, or read books or things like that. I don't that. watch any shows without well, you. Well, you do, <laughs> you used to, like, I don't go out a lot in the evening. So, um, but one time uh, there was poker night and you watched Chip and Joanna Gaines, I think. That's the memory that I like have. Like two years ago. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. So you can watch all your Game of Thrones and stuff that I find. <laughs> yes. Unappealing to watch. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But just having those times, like in the evening to... Either spend time together connecting, get a project done, or one person is out and the other person is kind of on um, house duty, making sure that the kids don't start fires and whatnot, and then, um, you know, coming back. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to clarify marriage, second to your relationship with God, marriage comes next. Yeah, you shouldn't fill every evening with going to brewskis and... Yeah. I don't know. I was going to think of something funny to say, but... Okay. (laughs) So marriage is huge. It's important to spend that time together so that you have the opportunities to connect. But it doesn't need to be every single evening. And I don't like this attitude that she seemed to convey in the book of, I need to make myself available for whatever it is he needs just in case. Right. That That her entire life is at his disposal. Right. Yeah, that's, I thought that that was really unhealthy. No, I I agree. I think that was the wrong message to communicate about a healthy marriage and healthy boundaries. Yeah, because we want to encourage one another to be at our best, and in order to do that, we have to have some outside interests, friendships, mm-hmm. things, service, right. all those things. Totally. Um, how about big picture planning? We try to check in with each other. Yeah. On a regular basis. And we, I think, do a good job of talking about the five P's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It w- hasn't been that quite P framework that she uses, but... I'm saying we just happen to use, to talk through those to things. To talk through those things. Yeah. So we do, I think, a good job of just like talking through, are you satisfied with your prayer life or your faith life or your health or parenthood, like... Are you content with those things? Are there things that you have goals that you're working to do better at um, so that we're on the same page and know how we can support each other? If if she's trying to do a better job of exercising in the morning or something like that, mm-hmm. can I make sure that the kids aren't um, 
trying to start fires upstairs uh, that she gets called away from exercising for, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we do a good job, too, talking about big picture planning, just mm-hmm. talking about what are your hopes for this year? What mm-hmm. are What would make this a really great month? Right. What are your hopes professionally? Mm-hmm this year and talk just talking about all the different spheres of our lives, the different responsibilities we have, the things that we're hoping to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And I think because we're both really big goal makers, it's fun to talk about. We kind of geek out over, yes. okay, well, how can I help you to make this goal happen? Okay. Right. Well, I think you need to make this one more specific or when right. are you actually going to make this thing happen? Yeah. And oh, do you think that that's realistic? How can you maybe scale that one back to mm-hmm. make it a little bit more achievable? Right. I think we do a good job of pushing a little bit to see where the other person's um, not seeing the bigger picture or something like that and to hone those goals and then help each other to achieve them saying, you know, are you making the progress that you want to? Is there something that I can do or can I give you time to work towards that goal, whatever it is? Mm-hmm. And I think we used to do, when we were doing our weekly family meetings, mm-hmm. just the two of us, that we used to do a much better job of having that as part of the agenda, Yeah, talking through those things. So yeah. like, again, let's get back, get back to, to it. Um, date night and vacations. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Um, I think things that we've done over the years that have improved our ability to get frequent date nights is putting it on the calendar in advance. So that instead of planning around it or saying, we haven't gone on a date night forever, we need a date night, that it's just kind of built in, you know, to our calendar that we schedule around that rather than the other way around. And then looking at the year and thinking, okay, when can we get away for a vacation? Would this be a good time? Looking at the kid's school calendar, um, looking at our personal calendars, my call schedule, stuff like that, so that we can say we could go to such and such in October, we could go here in... um, February because it's always cold and we kind of have those sort of things that we do on a regular basis that we look forward to and it's morphed over time you were reminding me and I totally forgot about this when we first started um, having kids we like did a basically like a co-op sort of date night thing with two couples us and one other couple us and another couple like one night they would come over to our house and watch our kids and we would go out and then a different night we would go over to their house watch their kids and then they could go out. So it didn't like cost us anything for, um, date night and, uh, for the babysitter, a, right. For the babysitter, you still have to pay for dinner. I mean, mm-hmm. dinner and movie still cost. But the, the, our kids were so young at that yeah. point that the dad, if we were at the other couple's house watching their kids, oh, yeah. when it was bedtime, you would go home, with put our kids. kids to bed, and, you'd stay. and I would stay, put their kids right. to bed until that couple came home. Right. And then they did the same thing when they would come over to our house. Yeah. They would have the mom stay at our house, put our kids to bed, and their the husband would leave yeah. to put their kids back to bed. And that worked out great because then like your kids are still going to bed at the same time. It's not like you're waiting when are Paul and Kelly going to get home so I can put these monsters to bed because it's like 930 and when does their movie get out? Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, and that worked out really well. The kids got to hang out. They had a great time mm-hmm. and we got to spend time with all the kids together. Yeah, and totally fun. Yeah, it was great. Those are some very fond memories. So... Get creative. If yeah. 
having a babysitter doesn't seem to be in the budget. You have options mm-hmm. available. And it doesn't have to be an evening. Who says it has to be dinner and a movie or right. whatever? You could make it like a Saturday morning thing. Maybe yeah. you have a friend who would be willing to swap with you on a Saturday morning. Right. You can go out to brunch or have a day date Go to Nebraska Furniture Mart. <laughs> that was a frequent thing that we would do too. It's like a day date to go do some shopping that we otherwise would have to take the kids with. And it would be miserable to yeah. cart them around Nebraska Furniture Mart. Because it's amazing what all of a sudden sounds like an amazing date when you Going have the Target. prospect of no kids right. with you. Right. So get creative, especially with time of day and babysitters. Um, and what else? Oh, the other thing that you had written down here. Was with vacations, like making sure that it's a vacation for both partners. And the way to do that, again, is just communicating about it and saying, what would a good vacation look like to you? Like, what would be, do you like to rest? Do you want to go to museums? Do you want to go on hikes or just lay by the beach? You know, and same for dates too. Like what would, what would be a recharging, refreshing, fulfilling, connecting sort of experience to have together Mm -hmm. and, and talking that through so that it's not like, well, you wanted to do this and I didn't say anything, but just talking it through so you're on the same page. And then when it happens, then you can both be like, well, that was nice. That was what I was hoping for. Um, even when we were on our trip to Jamaica, it was like, well, what do you want to do today? What would make today a good day? Sitting by the beach, having a nice lunch, taking a nap, you know, whatever it is, but making sure that those things then can happen because we've talked through what we're hoping for. Yeah. I think it was helpful for us to make the distinction between a trip and a vacation. Right. So what would you say a trip is? Any leaving the house with children. (laughs) (laughs) Or like more, what I was getting at is more of like a sightseeing. Oh, okay. Going on excursions, packing the day really full. Oh, okay. Seeing lots of amazing things. Gotcha. But holy cow, at the end of the day, you are just like totally exhausted. Right. Okay. Whereas a vacation (laughs) The kids would apply to that one too. Like any outing with the kids is similar. Okay, and, and if you're on result, but vacation, yeah. it is leisurely, laying by the beach, right? No alarm clock, no agenda, right? Hanging out, right? The only maybe the only thing on the agenda is I'm gonna read this book today, right? So that is a good difference. Like we went on a trip to San Diego with the kids a few months ago. This was a vacation. That was a trip. Yeah, this is a vacation <laughs> yes. where we just relax and chill. Yeah, well, San Diego. With children, like a trip, something with kids, I would consider our San Diego getaway a vacation, despite it being with kids. If it okay. if we'd gone to Disney World, that would be a trip. Yeah, that's true. I think renting a house and being at the beach each day was a vacation Okay. with the kids. Okay. We were still exhausted. I hear you saying that. You thought of that as a vacation. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) That's the fast food rule in action. Um, Okay, that's all I had to say about vacation. But I'm glad that you thought of it as a vacation. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, Legoland wasn't my favorite part. That was a trip. That part was trippy. But. Yeah. (laughs) And trippy. Um, Okay, so anything else to talk about marriage before we wrap it up? No, I think that's pretty good. That's Communication matters. Communication. It's huge. And it's cliche to say that yeah. on a podcast about marriage. But yeah, 
it's really what most of our issues have boiled down to over mm-hmm. the years. Not a misunderstanding well. or someone not being willing to communicate. And I mm-hmm. think saying that makes me think a huge thing for us early on in marriage was realizing it is imperative for both of us individually to be willing to own our feelings mm-hmm. and then to share them. Right. And that you aren't going to be able to help me through whatever it is I'm struggling with if I'm not willing to first admit, oh, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm frustrated, I'm whatever. Yeah. And then to share that. Right. That makes a big difference for sure. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for next time, I am going to, in prep, well, this is in preparation for my discussion on the fourth P from a mother's rule of life, which is parent. I'm going to be sharing some news about some changes that are happening for our family. I can't wait to hear about them. Yeah. I'll get the bubble bath and queue up the episode and find out what's happening. Um, But you'll have to listen next week to find out what in the world I'm talking about. Cool. Um, But in the meantime, I would love for all of you listeners to get in touch. I want to hear about whatever light bulb moments you have had in terms of what good communication looks like in your marriage. And for us, I already said it was the fast food rule Mm -hmm. and saying that we're sorry and empathizing with the person and that it's so huge just to help the other person to feel understood. So share your light bulb moments with communication stuff in marriage. And also, if there's anything specific in your marriage that you're doing that's helping you, maybe you do a family meeting, maybe there's some specific tradition that you have, I want to hear about it. And date night, let's help each other out. Maybe you're in a date night rut. I want to hear how are you making date night work? What does it look like? Um, And I have a challenge if you are in a date night rut. I want you ladies... Or guys, maybe your wife is the one who always plans the date nights. But ladies, I've been spoiled rotten. And Philip always is the one who plans our date nights. So this is the perfect time for me to do this challenge because February is Philip's birthday month. So I'm going to plan our entire date as I should anyway when it's his birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Or maybe I shouldn't. Because it's your birthday, we should do the things that you want to do. Maybe you should just know what I would want to do and do those things. Communication. There you go. So my challenge is that I want you to do all of the planning for an entire date this month. I want you to find the sitter, Mm -hmm. make the plans, Mm -hmm. make all the arrangements for this next month. So that he doesn't have to take care of anything. Maybe you even surprise him and pick him up from work. And you go right out on the date. I don't know. Something. Just be adventurous. Take the challenge to plan the whole thing. He might not be able to get dolled up if you pick him up from work. Well, plan something. If he's a pediatrician, it's probably not a good idea. Because he should (laughs) change out of his dirty, germy clothes. Right. But be creative. Um, but I want to hear your feedback. You can email me, as always, at, ca- at uh, <laughs> what is it? Podcast. <laughs> at podcast at mm-hmm. Or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram or send me a voicemail on Voxer. That's that free walkie-talkie app. You still have that? Yeah. Wow. 
Just search for Catherine Boucher. And if you like the show, please keep sharing it with your friends. The audience keeps growing. We had listeners from, I think, 36 different countries last time I checked. And we are right around 25,000 downloads. So having fun. It's been a great little hobby. Thank you for listening and sharing with all of your friends. And until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding. folding.